Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash we do it all. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, T, how you living? How you doing today? Man, today's a great day, bro. You know why today's a great day, John? Why? Why is it a great day today? Because Russell Westbrook is on the Los Angeles Clippers. He is going to the playoffs. And you know who's not going to the playoffs? LeBron James, baby. Ah, that's Catman. Ah, that's Catman. That's Come on, baby. Look, hey, I'll agree with you. Today is a great day, but not for that reason. Not for the reason of Russell Westbrook. It's a great day. You know why? Because we got an OG back in the building, man. We got one of the greatest NBA content creators out there in the game right now. My guy, Garrett, from the Super Mario Hoops 24 channel. My guy, Garrett, how you doing? Doing really good. Um, I can't remember the last time. It's been a while, I think, since we collabed. I think it was before the season. So um, glad to be back. And uh, I know we're going to get into a lot. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. We got a lot to get into. Um, for the for, for the family out there so, uh, watching, man, make sure you check out Garrett's channel. Uh, has a, he has a bunch of NBA content. It'll all be in the description down below. Uh, but let's not waste no time, man. Let's go ahead and get straight into it. We got a jam-packed episode. We're going to get some of Garrett's thoughts from the All-Star Weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about All-Star Weekend because this is uh, Monday, February 20th. All-Star Weekend just passed. Then we're going to talk about a little bit of the buyout players, some of these that already uh, went through, some of these players that are left remaining. And then at the end, to wrap it up, we're going to get Garrett's uh, contenders versus pretenders uh, as far as playoffs and uh, who's going to be that top six seed. So y'all boys ready to get into it today? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right. So let's go ahead and kick it off with the All-Star Weekend, man. So, guys, how did you guys feel about the weekend as a whole? We'll get into the game. I know I know Mike Malone and some other people, you know, had some uh, choice words about the game. But how did you guys feel about the weekend as a whole? You know, dunk contest, three point, uh, the game and all that. Um, I guess. OK, I guess I could start. So. I mean, starting from Friday night, I actually so that the main events there, Celebrity Game, Rising Stars, uh, the Celebrity Game, I actually thought was pretty interesting. I um, mean, it came down to the end. You know, it seemed like they didn't really care near the end. But I don't know if you saw the Miz with that that shot, like just after the buzzer. I was like, man, I was almost hoping he would have hit it uh, like in the in the time. Um, but yeah, that was still crazy. Um, it might be one of the best ones I've seen in a while. And I think the cast of celebrities, too, was actually like probably the best it's been in maybe five, 10 years. Uh, so I really like that. Um, the rising stars, I just don't, I don't agree really with the format of the, like the four tournament or 14 tournament thing. And they played a 40 and then they played a 25, like just bring back the days where it was like just two teams, rookies, sophomores, um, you know, like when we had those Kyrie Irving, Brandon Knight moments or the Tim Hardaway Jr. Dion waiters moment, you know what I mean? Like, we need like those interactions. Um, and I guess that's going to kind of go hand in hand when I get to the all-star game. But, um, you know, Saturday night, the skills challenge, I think they need to go back to that format too, where it's like eight people and you do like a tournament at the same time. That was really entertaining for me. Um, whether you want to do four guards, four bigs, or just four or just eight people or whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I think they need to bring that back. And then the three point contest, I mean, I liked it. I think it was pretty good. Um, you know, it's pretty surprising that I guess like we had two Pacers in the finals as well, um, especially because I think a lot of people are counting out Halliburton. But I mean, going for 31 in the first round, that was really exciting. And then, of course, Dame time, you know, clutched up. So <laughs> that was exciting, too. Um, and then 
the dunk contest, I mean, Mac McClung put on a show. Um, other than that, wasn't too much. I mean, Trey Murphy did pretty good, I would say. Um, I think KJ Martin would have done better if he had maybe Shangoon throwing the passes to him, not Jay Sean Tate. Um, but I mean, either way, I think it was probably the best dunk contest we've seen since the Derek Jones, Aaron Gordon one. Um, cause that was also a good, uh, battle right there, but it's tough. Cause I know everyone's like, did Mac McClung save the dunk contest? And personally for me, I still don't think so. I know he put on a great show, but it's going to take more than that to like save the dunk contest or, you know, get more people incentivized to do it in the future. Um, like I was thinking about it, like maybe they could do something where, um, I don't know if you guys ever played like NBA 2K11, 2K12, like when on the blacktop mode where they had the slam dunk contest and they had like, they give you 60 seconds and then maybe you have like 10 judges, like five looking each way. And then for every dunk they do, they add up how many points like you can get or something like scale one to 10 or something like that. I feel like they could do something of that scenario and do like a tournament it would probably take less time um, and you wouldn't get upset with as many misses, but I don't know. And then the all-star game, I personally enjoyed it. Um, I think Mike Malone is wilding, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think part of it is just cause like, you know, Giannis was hurt. Um, you know, LeBron ended up getting hurt midway through. Um, and then you already have guys like Durant not playing and Curry not playing. So people were kind of not intrigued by that. I mean, guys like Jokic didn't really try like per se, um, but I thought Jason Tatum was insane. I thought Donovan Mitchell was insane. Um, you know, Dame put on a show, especially in the second half. Um, and I kind of like, I know people hated like the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum one-on-one segment, but I think that's fine. You know what I mean? Like I get it. There wasn't enough defense in the second half, probably this year as usually in the fourth quarter, they've ramped it up ever since the the Kobe format has been implemented. So was kind of disappointed with that but other than that though i think it was still pretty good so overall i probably i don't know where i rank this all-star weekend as a whole probably like b minus per se i mean like there were some goods there were some bads but um overall i think there's simple ways they could fix like all-star weekend too it's not like something major um but i don't know there were there was a lot of excitement too so uh, i personally enjoyed it but yeah man yeah uh, absolutely, that that absolutely was a great was a great All Star game. Uh, before I get before I get to you, my boy T, let me ask you, Garrett, was your was was your guesses right? Did did who who did you guess for the uh for the dunk contest? <laughs> who did you guess for the three point uh contest? And would you get it right? Uh, I'm I'm glad you asked me. Uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet <laughs> about it, but um, so on Saturday I actually went a perfect three for three. Uh, okay. I, I picked I picked the Jazz to win the Rising Stars. I picked Dame for the three point contest, and I picked Mac McClung for the dunk contest. Um, and actually, I thought like for the celebrity game that Team Dwayne would win, and then I thought maybe Team Power, Team Joakim would win for the Rising Stars. I think I got every team right except for LeBron for the All Star game, but nobody could have predicted that he would have got injured too. So that, that one's kind of hard. I also did pick. Uh, Donovan Mitchell to be MVP. I was pretty close. If Jason Tatum wasn't playing the other night, <laughs> I, th- I think I would have got that one as well. So I-, I think I did pretty good with my predictions for All-Star Weekend. Okay. My boy T, how you feeling? How'd you feel about All-Star Weekend? Man, oh man. Listen, bro. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of this All-Star Weekend thing, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it was horrible. <laughs> um, Starting with the celebrity game, 
it was cool. It had his moments. DK Metcalf was dunking, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. 21 Savage. He, I don't know what he was doing. He was looking awful. I see why he, he grabs the mic and doesn't play basketball because he was just horrible. I get it's a celebrity thing. Wasn't really a fan of it. Never really was a fan of it. After like throughout my years, didn't really care for it. But this year I watched it for content purposes. I got views off it, so I'll take it. <laughs> Anyways, but going to the skills challenge. I, I, I need the NBA needs to listen to this pod. Stop bringing the Giannis's brothers. I cannot pronounce their last name, but stop bringing them. <laughs> they are horrible at basketball. Like they, they just want to take the spotlight every single time. We only care for your brother. We don't care for Alex. We don't care for Thonis. Bro, they are horrible. They, when they were doing the bounce passes and the in, in the chest, like all the, the skills challenge stuff, they, they were they played it was just terrible. I, I just don't like that. They need to bring more talent. I like the rookies, and I like that you know you bring a team with it, like the Jazz that turn, during that time. I don't know if y'all noticed Jordan Clarkson. It looked like he was this in another <laughs> land, sagging his pants, jewelry on this and that. It was just it was just like practice for him. Like he was just having fun, and they still won. But um, I, I think you keep like like I said, Jabari, uh, Paolo, and stuff like that. Keep, add another team, but take the uh. The Thomas is up, the Giannis's brothers up, because that's two years in a row now where they've been in this event and they're just awful. They can't shoot, they can't pass, they can't dunk, they can't do nothing. I like they did a little zesty little layup, like bro. I, I just tired of it, right? Three-point contest, predictable. If Dame's in it, let's be honest with you. Like, I know everybody had like their little predictions. Maybe Buddy comes in, maybe Tatum or Tyrese, but let's be honest, Dame, if Curry's not in it and Dame's in it, Dame's gonna win it all. Like, I think it was predictable. I don't think it. What I do think, though, give shout out to Tyrese. Because Tyrese was balling in the first one, hit 31, three, uh, 31 shots. That's incredible, man. I wish he hit 31 in the second row, but it is what it is, man. It happens. Nerves happen. Um, but like I said, I think it's just predictable. When Dame's in there, you know, besides Curry, Dame's like one of the best long range, one of the best three-point shooters in NBA that you could think of at the moment, right? Dunk contest. Jericho Sims, please never get invited to the dunk, dunk contest again. He was horrible. I mean, I don't know what he was doing. He literally kept putting his elbow into the rim, thinking it was nice. And then he took 15 minutes to take the paper out to say it's a 50. That was just terrible, right? And I don't want to blame it on Jericho because bigger players, their dunks are not going to look the greatest, you know? So that's why Matt McClung's dunk, uh, dunks look better because he's a smaller player. So it looks like, wow, how did he do that? So Jericho Sims – um, Believe it or not, um, Trey Murphy. I thought he had a lot. I think he, I thought he had a lot of good dunks. Let's be honest with you. When he threw the ball in the air and then put it through his legs and this and that, I was like, oh, okay, that was really, really good. But at the end of the day, people came in with Matt McClung already winning because of his name before, you know, NBA. So I, I already figured he was going to win. I just won money off that too, so I'll take that. <laughs> um, an All Star game. I liked last year's All Star game than this year's, but I love the one on one, um, one on one Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Why LeBron – I think – listen, let's talk about this point real quick. If y'all notice, LeBron played no defense that whole game, John. And then Shea goes for a layup, and now he's trying to chase down, block him, and then he gets hurt. You think he did that because OKC beat him when he got the record? Man. You think LeBron's feeling a type of way about that? No, nah, you're not feeling no type of way <laughs> he, about he that, He's feeling a type of way about that. Nah, okay, he's not know. feeling no type of way about that. If you saw, too, I saw after the game Shea said that um, he'll remember that the next yeah. time they face so oh. they play the fourth game i think after all-star breaks off well i'd look yeah. out for that one man yeah, okc's gonna 
destroy them once again. Thank you. Oh, but man, oh, we got two haters in the building, man. Listen, listen, listen. I'm just telling you what he said. Overall, but, I'm, I'm not a fan of All-Star Weekend. I, I asked my friend on the phone today, I said, is it because we're getting older or is it because players are just not participating, injuries are happening? He's like, nah, bro, it's just because players are getting injured. Players don't want to participate. Look at Job Morant. Doesn't never want to do the dunk contest. He's hard-headed. Zion, he claims he's going to do a dunk contest, but next year we all know it's going to come and he's going to be injured, so he can't do it. So we're going to rely on G League players. And, I, and one thing I don't like is that we relied on a G League player to make this dunk contest. Because if he wasn't there, this dunk contest would have been one of the worst dunk contests in a long time. Let's be honest with you, mm. if he wasn't Agreed. there. Agreed. So, and this is an all-star event. This is not a G League all-star event. This is an all-star event, you know? But overall... I gave it a cool zero. No, I'm playing. Like a a cool six, seven. I I just wasn't a fan of it, you know? Yeah. But I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's that's a great uh, point you bring up. Like, are we just getting older or is the All-Star game really getting different? Because I remember All-Star games when I was a child was just the funnest thing on earth. There would be like Dwight Howard and Shaq dance battles in the middle. And it would be just like all this fun stuff. But it's just like, it's not really that no more. Um, Let me say one more thing. Hold on. I don't mean to cut you off, John. And I don't want to go too deep deep into this, but I know we all know where I'm about to get at. The dunk contest participants, right? There's one specific person that should not be in this dunk contest participants ever. Carl Malone. Why does the NBA continue to put him out there like he's the best person in the world? And let's they they like they put him on TV. Carl Malone and the crowd goes, Whoa, bro, no, get him out of here, bro. Like he needs to disappear, bro. We don't care about you. I'm not going to go too, too deep into what he has done. But, you know, if you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? So get Carl Malone out here and the judges. Horrible. Let's, let's, they're just horrible. But it is what it is, man. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't. A, I definitely wasn't a big fan of the of the dunk contest this year. Uh, it was crazy. It was crazy to see Dame hit that basically a full quarter, honestly, when that one where he hit behind the behind the um the uh, the, the half court line and the crazy thing is that he he missed that he had missed that uh I believe he made the first one then missed the second one uh it was just wild to see that I remember I remember I was watching the game and I was telling my girl like just look at the way he's just shooting it like he's not push shotting it like he's real life just shooting it like a regular jumper as if the rim is five feet away so with it man that is just a credit to dame and his talent see my boy trent doing his best dame impression right now if you're on youtube you see hey t let, let me see it again let, let, let's see a dame yo, impression. Uh, let's bro, see the let's, dame impression. Let, nah 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 bro. <laughs> I, I, yo listen i can't have a russell westbrook background and do thing and, and and do start doing this uh that is true that is you true know, you know what i'm saying he set, my the team, he set my team home bro we don't do that switching up the loyalty switching up the loyalty man but all right y'all so then Let's go ahead and keep it pushing and let's get to our next segment here. Um, we just had a fun talk about the All-Star weekend, but now we're moving on. After the trade deadline, after All-Star, what comes in a big what comes in a picture besides the playoff push is the is the buyout players, man. So I do want to get into some of these players. Uh, we're just gonna talk about some of these that have already signed, uh, and then some of these others that are available, and you know, just some teams you guys uh, think that could be useful to them. Uh, but let's go ahead and kick it off with the biggest news that has been controlling the day today on here on Monday, February 20th. And you see it, man. My boy Trent got Russell Westbrook in the back. And that's Russell Westbrook signing with the little brother of the Los Angeles Lakers, the Clippers. So my boy uh, Garrett, I want to open up the floor to you. I know you a big um, Kawhi fan. I know you've been a big advocate of the Clippers so far. 
talk to us about this move and uh, some of your thoughts. Yeah. So basically before the season, throughout the season, up until, you know, basically this point, I've been saying the whole time that the Clippers are going to win the championship this year. Um, you know, I just trust Kawhi enough. And I think getting everyone back healthy, their increased depth, I'm like, you know, this is the year for them, uh, especially they want revenge. 2021 seemed like that year. Then Kawhi gets hurt. Now I think they they would want to make that push. But, you know, now, I mean, I personally, I, I know, I know Trent's not going to like this, but I've been, I've been critical of Russell Westbrook before in the past. Um, now, does that mean I think that this move is like completely toxic and it's insufferable and it's going to ruin the team? I don't think that. Um, but I think there's, it's they're the biggest person, the biggest X factor with this move is going to have to obviously be Tyron Lue. And it's going to be the way that he manages uh, Westbrook because I mean, Westbrook's not a bad player by any means. I know he, he gets clowned on by the media a lot, especially now, like, you know, Laker fans, now that he's gone, Laker fans like John, <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, so I think, you know, he could definitely help them out. They don't, they've been missing a true point guard all year long. And I know like at the deadline, they added Bones Highland, they added Eric Gordon and both those guys can play like a point guard. Although like Bones Highland to me is, you know, as a Bulls fan, you know, he plays very similarly to Io DeSumo. And I don't think of Io as really a point guard. Um, you know, Bones probably has deeper range, which is good for them. They need floor spacers too, but I don't really, he doesn't scream point guard to me. He screams a guy who can just, you know, get a basket and transition or push the ball up the court. And then Eric Gordon, I know he can slow things down. He's also a good deep range shooter. Um, and I think he can play point guard, um, but I think most of us recognize him at this point as a shooting guard. I don't think that he's played point guard since like the first time he was with the Clippers. And that was like more than a decade ago. Um, or I think it was like the first season in New Orleans or something like that. So that was a long time ago, even that. But, um, you know, with Westbrook, you have a guy who can be like a true floor general. Um, if he can just, you know, kind of stay composed a little bit. Because, um, you know, with Russell Westbrook, definitely one of the more polarizing players when he's doing what he can do good. I mean, he's playing like maybe a top five, top 10 point guard we've ever seen. But when we see the bad sides of him, it almost seems like he's the worst player on the court. Um, so if he can bring out more of those good parts of it and, you know, the big thing that people have questioned about him too, I, I would say is his ego. Um, and it's like, is he going to buy into this? And I think, especially being that he's going into a contract year, you know, it didn't seem like there were too many suitors for him that you had the Clippers, my bulls, you had the heat, you had the wizards, but they're most of these teams are kind of set at this point. So it didn't seem like there were too many suitors. So if he wants to, you know, get paid next year and continue his journey in the NBA for many more years, I think it's going to be dependent on how he finishes this season. So I personally, for me, I think he's going to have to take a little bit of a backseat. He can still get you maybe like 11 and five or so off the bench or something like that, um, which I think they probably should bring him off the bench. Um, but I, as long as he doesn't maybe step over the toes of Norman Powell, who's played really well lately, I think over the last, ever since the turn of the new year, he's probably been the best six man in basketball. So that's probably what I would say. Um, and as for if I have them as like my favorite still, um, I'm going to 
for the time being, I'm going to put it on hold because I need to see how it's going to work. But, you know, if they get through like a month from now and they go eight and three or something like that, and they're really gelling well, the chemistry is well, um, then I'll, you know, have them back in that spot. But I feel like right now there's definitely a question mark. And I think by the time we hit the playoffs, we'll probably have a pretty firm answer. But I do trust Kawhi. I will say that. I do trust Kawhi. If there's anything about that, I do trust Kawhi. So, yeah. Listen, I, I love I love your answer. I'm not going to lie. I love your answer. Let me, let, me now, let, let, me say, let me say what I got to say, right? <laughs> I love – like, I'm not going to – okay, listen, right? Russell Westbrook, the last two years, played for the Los Angeles Bum Lakers, right? Played for them, okay? Those two years – and I'm not one of those Russell Westbrook fans that's like, Russell Westbrook's still great. He's still 2017. I know he plays bad. I know he loses games for teams, and I know he could be unplayable. Trust me, I know, because I'm raging when he's doing dumb stuff, right? But I want to say this, right? Russell Westbrook, one, was playing with um, – who was the coach before Darvin him? What's his – oh, Frank Vogel. Vogel, Vogel. Vogel, Vogel, right? Frank Vogel and him did not have the greatest relationship, right? And – Cool, whatnot, whatever. He didn't want to come off the bench. Russ, that year, you know, his ego was like, I'm not coming off the bench. I am too good, as he thinks, right, to be coming off the bench. Whatever. Mm. That year was a failure. The next season, new head coach and Darvin Ham. I think Darvin Ham is a terrible coach. That's just personally my opinion, okay? I don't really think he's a great coach. I don't think he knows how to work rotations properly. I mean, this is kind of going off topic. Freaking Lonnie Walker fell through rotation. Gabriel's busting his uh his ass off, and he don't even play no more. Like I understand mm. they they have a lot of new additions, but these players should be playing. Reeves should be playing a lot more. He just doesn't know how to work the rotations properly, right? Um, ever since Russ got to LA, though, there was always this thing. Um, there's always you know these fans, and that's the problem with Russ. Russ cares about what fans think too much, and I think he lets that get to him a lot. But anyways, right? The constructed roster against the Lakers. What did they not have? Shooters. What does Russell Westbrook typically play well with when he was during his prime in OKC? He mm-hmm. had the ball in his hand and he had everybody space out and Steven Adams, or Serge Ibaka, whatever, kick out, drive to the rim or um, easy lob or pass out to the shooters or have Kevin Durant. He didn't have none of that because the two superstars that were with him are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis forgot how to shoot. And LeBron James is not known as a shooter, right? And LeBron James is more known as a bully person, get to the rim and if they call the foul, because we all know he don't get fouls, right? Mm. Eight. Um, so one, the, 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 the roster around him was just horrible. Two, the coaching wasn't great for him. And three, I put some blame on Russ, right? That it just it was just toxic. He played bad. It just wasn't an overall good spot. Now, him heading to Clippers, what do the Clippers have? They have shooting, they have spacing. And what did um Russell Westbrook do? Whatever big he had, he made them great. Steven Adams, Steven Adams was his best in OKC. Clint Capella for a stretch of games, but Russell Westbrook played excellent. I, I'm, I'm very excited to see this pick and roll or pick and lob with Zubac. I think that's going to be something to fun to watch out for. I think Zubac is going to have a, the next 20-plus games. He's going to be playing like a borderline, like top 15, top 20 center, 20 center in the league, personally, in my opinion, because Russell makes any center really look pretty presentable. Look at Thomas Bryant. Look at Gabriel when he was playing with the Lakers, right? But now you're going to put this with Norman Powell, um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, a bunch of shooters around them, Eric Gordon. And so I think he's going to drive perfectly. But my only concern is, can he start or is he coming off the bench? And then you brought up a great point of 
don't interrupt Norman Powell because Norman Powell coming off that bench, he, he he's knocking everything. He, he's getting mm-hmm. buckets consistently. Can they play together? Is is it because Norman Powell is known to have the ball in that unit? He's the he's known to have the ball, you know, consistently taking a lot of attempts. Well, Russell Westbrook on the court is go is gonna go down a little bit. We all know Russ is gonna at least take five. 10 shots a game, that's going to take shots away from Norman Powell, right? So that's my only really uh, thing, and I do want to say this about Ty Lue. You brought up a great point. He is going to be the factor. It's not going to be Russell Westbrook. It's going to be, what does he do? Is Russell Westbrook going to be closing games? Is Russell Westbrook going to be starting? Or are you going to, what is it? Because a report did come out that he signed with this roster with a specific role. We don't know what that role is. It could be a starting lineup. Who knows? Um, but we all know the Clippers, uh, Clippers uh, players on the team, all majority of them wanted him. If you see on the Twitter, they all like, "Yo, come get, let's get Russ, let's get Russ over here." Da da da. So, and I maybe this is a little biased side of me, right? Y'all know what Russ is at at the point of his career right now. He's not. He he's okay. He's a solid role player now, right? Mm-hmm. So if Russ t- if Russ starts doing what he did in L.A., don't be surprised. That's all I want to say. Do not be surprised because we already know what the last two seasons statistically have been one of the worst for him. So mm-hmm. I already see these tweets. There's a big three over there now. But before, y'all said he wasn't even worthy of being in the NBA. He's, he's in China. But those are just the Lakers fans just talking. You get it? So I think, like you said, it's a question mark, but I do think it's a better fit, and I think he has better coaching. Ty Lu is going to be one of the best coaches that Russell Westbrook had throughout his whole career. Agree. Yeah, I will. Uh, if you could let, I, I just have one thing to add and then I'll let you go. Um, I think, well, personally for the big three, I think at this point it's Kawhi George and Norman Powell, just because Powell's been playing so good after that. I think almost anybody on any given night can be number four to number 11 per se. But what I will say is what you've said about shooting is Westbrook throughout his career. I was just checking this the other day. If he possibly would sign with the Clippers, which now he did, um, or he plans to, he over his career, he's only had one season where he's been on a team that was top 10 and three point percentage. And that was in 2012, 2013 with the thunder. That was also the same year he got hurt in the playoffs by Patrick Beverly, but they were the first seed that year, you know, and right now the Clippers, they are six in the league in three point percentage. So this is the best shooting opportunity he's had in like a decade. And, you know, he should, assuming he doesn't get injured in a freak way, like he did in 2013, He'll actually have a chance to prove it. That's all I was going to add, but yeah. John, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. One more thing, because you brought up a good <laughs> point, right? Listen, another thing too, right? So the defense is going to crash. They're not going to play. So the defense against when they when he was on the Lakers, they would just mainly protect the rim because mm. why not, you know? But on the Clippers, guard Paul George on the wing, by Leonard, Norman Powell. You got a bunch of Eric Gordon. There's a bunch of Terrence Mann. Like, there's a bunch of shooters that they have to worry about. So, if Russell Westbrook just can be consistent attacking the rim and making the layups, because I swear, his fingers are always messed up. He's always losing the ball when he's attacking the rim. If he can just be consistent driving to the rim, I think this is going to be a perfect role. Less the turnovers just a little bit. Play how you play, Russell Westbrook. Let's prove all the haters wrong. Let's win an NBA championship. And they got nothing else to say because his resume speaks for himself. He's just missing the ring. Look, man, I agree that I think Ty Lue will be a big part of making this work. But I mean, <clears throat> look, if I have to go off what history says and every time the Clippers have had a good roster on paper, they've never put it together, never really been able to put it together. The roster that they've had, people look at them on paper. Wow, the Clippers are going to do this. Clippers going to do that. Disappoint, let down, disappoint, let down. And I think this will be the same thing. 
I think that this will it, it, it won't work out. And I, I agree with you, Garrett. Um, I don't see how this fit's going to work out. In my opinion, this fit works out. And I, I agree with your point, Trent, about having shooters around him. But I mean, as far as like who Russell Westbrook is at the age of 34, the player he is today, this fit works out less than than what it was on the Lakers. Because you're telling me mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Bones Highland, Norman, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, these are all ball dominant players. So what do you as the organization, as a head coach, like what are you doing? You're going to bring in Russell Westbrook, who you just brought, who you just bought out of the buy out of the buyout. You're going to bring him in and replace him and take the ball away from Norman Powell, who's been going at it. He shouldn't do that. You definitely not going to take the ball away from Paul George. Definitely not going to take the ball away from 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 um, from Kawhi Leonard. Bones Bones Highland also just kind of came in. He's going to be a little bit of a of, of a rotational player, but. What I what I'm interested in is seeing this actually work. Like if this was 2K, yeah, this would be great. This would be sweet. You'd have points all day. But the thing is, things don't really work that way. And I want to see how is Russell Westbrook gonna act when he's not getting as many shots as he want because Norman Norman Powell's taking the shots that he feel like he should be getting when Bones Highland's taking the shots that he he, he feels he should be getting. Even even when uh even when uh you know other other rotational players, you know, come out, um, come up and get, get a, get shots up. I want to see how, how is Russell Westbrook going to be able to take that. And as far as, is he going to be going to become a, a locker room cancer after that? And my only other question is he, you know, how Russell Westbrook gets when he doesn't get his way, you know, hold how on. he gets when he doesn't time get on, his way. Time Russell, hold, let's on. Get- hold on. Let me say my last point. My last point is I can, my biggest concern with Russell Westbrook is, What's his role going to be on this team when he doesn't have the ball in his hand? Because when he has the ball in his hands, I agree with you. He's going to be setting up Zubak. He's going to be setting up all these players. When he doesn't have the ball in his hand, what's his role in this team going to be? Because he's not going to be a spot-up shooter. Tell you that much. Mm. All right, listen. Let's get this straight, right? Going to locker room cancer. See, that's just, that's just a Laker fan. No, that's not. That's not. Oh. He's, been, he's, been, he's been in locker room cancer everywhere he's went. That's he's been cap. in locker room that's, cancer that's, everywhere that's, that's he's went. That's all cap. That's no, all he's, cap. He's, he's, he's absolute. When he has not got Stop, his John. way. Stop, John. You know Bro, that. That's all you know cap. that. Every You're just listening to the media. Way, that's all I'm you're doing. Listening to the media. You are listening to the media. I watched every single Lakers game. I have watched every single Lakers game from when this man was not on the team, and now this man on the team. You can clear. You can see the clear chemistry difference. You want to talk about last year? You brought it up yourself. He came out in the public media and made a big deal about how he's not coming off the bench. You're telling me right now that that's not toxic? Okay, so hold up. So I'm going to listen to a player that just watches it. I'm not even a player. I'm going to listen to a person that just talks sports, that watching the game on TV, but does not, that knows nothing what's going on in the locker room. You just go off reports. And let's be honest. Let's, let's, let's get this straight. Russell Westbrook has it out for him. There's people that saying they, uh, they said a vampire thing about Russell Westbrook. Every teammate. I'm not that going ha- off. Stop. Hold up. Hold up. Hold I'm up. not going off. I'm going off the facts. I'm going off the facts. Bro, did, you're going. Did he, did he or did he not publicly say he's not coming off the bench? Oh, listen, can I talk? Let me talk now, right? I just, I'm just asking for a yes okay, or no. Right, right. Listen, so him, the first season with Frank Vogel, right? You got to realize, let's, let's get this straight, and I'm going to answer your question. That's the first season Russell Westbrook ever had to play that role. When you're I don't coming, care. You got to understand on, it. Let me talk, bro. Let me talk, bro. <laughs> listen, hold up. Because, yo, it's, it's easy to say for us. But when you're in the top tier role, you know how hard it was for Melo to take that role and say, you know what, I got I, I to gotta sit back and come off the bench. You know how hard it is when you're a superstar player, when you're a top tier point guard in this league, 
and then you're not that player no more, it takes time to realize, like, yo, you're not that dude. And it took him a season to realize that. That's why that year was his worst year ever. He came out and said that. Yes, I agree. Some of the comments that he says is over. It's over. It's, it's crazy. It's toxic towards the locker room. That's all I'm saying. You yo, think yo, I'm coming at him. Hold yo, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. coming at him. All I'm telling you is the truth. <laughs> He's he. Coming out in public, bro, you could have dealt with this privately. Yo, Frank, I'm not trying to come off the bench. Let's try to deal with this. But no, he you came out think... to TMZ and dealt with all of this. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That is a toxic trait. So, so, so but th- this is the thing. This time is on a... Westbrook. We're not wasting no time on Westbrook because this is a great point. Everybody wants to talk about Westbrook. Westbrook gets views. So we're going to stay on this topic real quick. You are listening to the media once again. Nah. We don't know nothing. We don't know nothing. All we know is about what the media and all these fake reports are coming out. Shams, Woj, the, the dude from ESPN, that fat boy, I forgot his name. He throw all <laughs> fake news. All this be fake news. It'd be like my reports, my reports, these reports. All reports oh, are fake. Majority gosh. of them are fake. That's why every single teammate that Russell Westbrook has played with, he said, that's the best team I ever, best teammate I ever had. Every Ooh. teammate. If I could add something here, I will say, though, okay, like the Westbrook thing, it's going to be polarizing either way. We're going to see. I think it's either going to be a match made in heaven or it's going to be a dumpster fire. Like, I think most people could agree with that. But what I will say, though, is your point about the Clippers. I mean, you know, Kawhi is a two-time champion, two-time finals MVP. Norman Powell is an NBA champion. Tyron Lue an NBA champion. Coming back down 3-1 in the finals, down 0-2 twice in the same playoff run. Okay, but for years, you know, they said about Dirk and the Dallas Mavericks after making the playoffs 13, 14 years, after blowing a 2-0 series lead in the finals, losing to an eight seed, and then they won a championship in 2011. The Toronto Raptors, you know, called Lebronto, right? They could never get it done. Kyle Lowry's a playoff fraud, you know? They could never get it done. That team added Kawhi Leonard, of course. But what did they do the first year with him, the only year with him? They got it done. So as much as there is this curse, per se, of the L.A. Clippers, it's definitely not impossible for them to win it. So I know your point about going off history. I, I get that. But, you know, sometimes history changes. And I think there's potential that it could change here. I know I know where you're coming from. Um but I don't know. I think that it, it definitely could change because we've seen a change with the Raptors. People said they'll never win it. People said that Dirk will never win a ring with the Dallas Mavericks after all those years. But both of them did get it done. So I'll just leave that out there. And I think that there definitely is a possibility they could win. Um, you know, people for years said they've never even made a conference finals. The year that Kawhi, their best player, gets hurt, even before the chance that they made the conference finals, they still got it done. You know, realistically, I don't think anyone thought after Kawhi went down after game four against the Jazz in 2021, no home court edge that they would move on, especially down 25 in game six. Right. So shout out Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson was getting it done. (laughs) Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, who they still have on the team, too. Yeah. Yeah. My, My point is there's things that people said would never be done with some of these franchises that don't have anything that sometimes it just changes. So. I, I will leave that open to interpretation that it could happen. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying the Clippers are going to win a championship. I hope they do to prove a lot of people wrong. But I just want to say this and we can change the topic. This is a buyout market, meaning you have to talk to the Clippers and you have to talk to the owner and you have to talk to the players and coaches to agree to the contract. Right. 
at the end of the day, Ty Lue knows what Russell Westbrook is now, right? These players know what Russell Westbrook is. So they clearly know they have a plan. You don't just sign someone to be like, all right, look, we're just going to sign him just because. Just we don't know what we're going to do with him, but we, we're just going to figure it out. No, they had a plan. There was a meeting scheduled with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and no one cares about Paul George because he just be, you know, whatever. Kawhi Leonard's a dude. If Kawhi Leonard accepted it, they know they know stuff that we don't know yet, right? So I just want to throw that out there. Like you said, Ty Lue's a, a, a champion coach. They got champions all over that team. They got a bunch of veterans. They know what's up. Okay. All right. Well, look, we 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 we, we didn't spend all our buyout time talking about <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I just want to throw out another buy a great buyout uh candidate that uh, was recently signed with the Suns, and that's and that's Terrence Ross, man. I think that was a great pickup for a, a team that already won the trade deadline. Uh, just that that last game before the All Star break against the Clippers, he you know played solid twenty five minutes, scored sixteen points, had some timely baskets, uh, and I mean for the Suns, you just added a veteran score. So uh, just want to give some love to Terrence Ross because I think that might be on the low, one of the best buyout moves. I'm not going to lie to you, that or the K-Love move. Uh, but that's going to be my next question to you guys. What, what's, you know, best buyout move to you guys so far? Uh, well, first of all, I, I do agree. I think that the Terrence Ross move is uh, pretty nice. Him and, you know, the Suns, after making the Durant move, even before that, like the one thing that people looked at is like their bench. You know, like their bench just isn't that. Cameron Payne can play well here and there. Landry Shamit. I mean, I've already expressed my my own opinions on Landry Shamit enough, I feel like. But I just don't think that that's enough. Torrey Craig, like the guy, met the guy in person, shook my hand. But I just don't know if that's enough. So adding a guy like TJ Warren, who's, you know, proven to be a lethal bucket getter, and also adding Terrence Ross, that's now two threats on the bench that you have to look out for. You can't really double team one of them. Um, so I, I like the move there. Um, I think that the West or, um, the Kevin love move to Miami should be pretty interesting. Um, it gives them another, uh, floor spacer. It doesn't, I don't know. It's like, they don't seem like they have like a true because, you know, bam, they run at center, even though I really think he's more of like a power forward, uh, per se, just the way he plays. But I mean, they don't really have like a guy. I feel like at that four um so so that could stretch the floor like kevin love um with that veteran leadership too so that, that's a nice addition um and i will say i don't know if you saw recently is about an hour or so ago um with my bulls and i'm kind of interested to see how it works with patrick beverly who i said personally if we were to get one of you know they're talking about westbrook beverly john wall those are kind of like the three guards that have been thrown around the bio market the most over the last week. I said the one I would want the most on my bulls would be Patrick Beverly, just because we have no one that's like, that's a spark plug on our team. We need someone who can be like that vocal leader, get us energized. And he's from Chicago. So I personally like the addition. Um, you know, as he said, he's never missed the playoffs other than that one year where he got hurt and missed like basically the whole year. Um, so gives me a little hope as a Bulls fan. Um, but if we make this late playoff push and then it's just not enough, then I'm going to be really disappointed because we're going to lose our pick and we're not going to make the playoffs and we're just going to look like a bunch of jokes. <laughs> so there's that. But yeah. Yeah. So going to the Phoenix Suns, right? Talk about Terrence Ross. I feel like a lot of people is missing, right? You add another score. You had a... Uh, Another score coming off your bench. But let's not forget, they, they added T.J. Warren during that Kevin Durant trade. 
But not only did they add TJ Warren, they added Darius Bates, and he's very mm-hmm. underrated. He is six nine. He's actually um where I'm from. He used to he used to live out here. So it's crazy to see him in the NBA right now. So you added three scores that could come off the bench and get you buckets. And let's not forget, I already think they got one of the best starting lineups in NBA on paper. Even like even if it's not even on paper, like on the game, like I think they have the best starting lineup. CP3, Booker, Durant, whoever the four can be in eight. That's one of the best starting lineups in NBA, in my opinion, right? But not so their bench, like you said, campaign. I think he's the I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of campaign. I think he's corny, I think he's fake tough, I think he's <laughs> all this and that. Whatever, he's a fraud, but he's still a back nice backup point guard, right? You still got Damian Lee. Now you add in these other uh options coming off the bench. Monty knows how to work the rotations properly. Tory Craig been knocking down a lot of shots. So I like the Phoenix Suns. I don't like them this year, but next year I have them winning it all. Um Kevin Love to Miami. If y'all don't know, I covered the Miami Heat. I got a whole channel basing off the Miami Heat. So I was super excited that we got Kevin Love and also Cody Zeller. A lot of people are not talking about that. But what I like about the Kevin Love edition, you bring up, you brought you brought it up, is that he spaces the floor. But not only does he space the floor, he helps Bam on the uh the rebound count because we're the Miami Heat are mm-hmm. very, very small. We have no backup big relying on Kayla Martin and Bam Adebayo. And Bam Adebayo, to me, is not a true center. And so when you're already playing Bam at the center and then Caleb at the four, you're just already a small team. They had no backup big yard seven, um, was dealing with injury. They released Dwayne Dedman. They're relying on a two-way player in Orlando Robinson. So not only did you get that, you add more shooting. The, the Miami Heat are one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA this season. They, cannot, they can't shoot for nothing. So now you're adding shooting. You're adding a player that has IQ. I feel like he's an underrated passer. He, ha- he brings a championship experience already to Miami. So I love the addition. He's terrible on the defense end. That's why I think that was the main reason why I got kicked out the rotation because he cannot play a pick and roll defense for sake of life. But the Miami Heat are a top five team on the defense end. So I don't think that'll be such a problem too, too much as the Cavaliers, right? Going on to uh, Patrick Beverly to the Bulls, I see why they did it. Lonzo ball off for the season. Io, um, Kobe White, personally, are not true point guards, but I don't really think Patrick mm. Beverly is a true point guard either. But I think they just mm. wanted that veteran experience. I, w- I think they wanted that veteran guard that brings the intensity every single night, who brings that energy and can br- and do that little spurt for the uh, Chicago Bulls. I was watching the Bulls versus the Brooklyn Nets the other night before All Star Week. They couldn't score for like the first, like the next, the last five minutes in that fourth quarter. I'm not sure if you watched mm. it. They couldn't yeah. do nothing. They couldn't do nothing. And Patrick Beverly would have brought timeout. Yo, what are you doing? Like Patrick Beverly is like one of those dudes who call you out right then and there. Go to that um on, on the timeout. Yo, what's up? Like he gets his team rolling. And I watch his mm-hmm. podcast. And I I I I'm actually a fan of Patrick Beverly. After what he did to Russell Westbrook, I wasn't, but just watching him and hearing what he says, he is a he is true. Like he's one of the realest in the NBA person, in my opinion. So I like the addition. Um, the Chicago Bulls are obviously trying to make that playoff push because they're currently, I believe, 11th in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah. Yeah, 11th. It's, so it's, 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 looking, it's looking real rough. So, but my best, I'm going to be biased, whatever, Russ to the Clippers. That's just my best uh, best because I hate the Lakers so much and I just want Russ to prove these Lakers fans wrong, baby. This guy's a hater, man. This guy's <laughs> a hater, man. So, all right, so my boy T, his favorite buyout move was Russ. My boy Garrett, what's if you had to pick one, what's, what was your favorite buyout move? Um... I guess right now, just because I am a Bulls fan and I think the Beverly move is a good move, probably the only, and it's the only move we've made this year, might I add, where the it's the only addition, subtraction, trade in the last year that we've made. So anything is better than nothing, especially at this point. So I'll go with the Beverly move. 
Okay. All right. But I will like say that. too, not the bio market, but what you said about Baisley, I think he should start at the four for the Suns. I think that would be nice. Okay. I have Baisley at the four. Man, that would be big for Baisley. He's a young guy. Be around mm. all that great talent. I'll be big for his uh, tra- trajectory. But all right, yeah. So let's go ahead and get to uh, this contender versus pretenders. My boy T, I know we've gone over this. I know we've already talked about, you know, some of these uh, contenders and pretenders. So Garrett, you know, we really want to get yours. Uh, and when I and when I say contender, I need to make it clear. I mean, uh, playoffs. All right. So at least top six seed. So I know that, you know, we have the whole playing situation, but we're, we're mm-hmm. doing so at least top six, six seed. And then I have uh, for the West, I have a list of seven teams here for the East. I have a list of eight of around like seven to eight teams. You let me know if they're a contender. So which they're going to finish the top six or you let me know if they're a pretender. And for any team, we can go ahead and get into it any any uh, further. That's cool, you. Yes. Yeah, so what I will say. So what if there's a team that I think will really might finish below six, but is has a better contender status than a team that probably will. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, you could you 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 could just you, you could add them in there. You you could add it. Okay. I get like I'll, if I, if I say their name, you could you, you call them a, a contender then. Okay. All right. Also, John, my mind switched up from our video before because I think we know a little bit more now. So okay. So you want to so you want you want you want to keep it pushing too, T. All yeah, right. but I I'll, I'll make sure it's quick because I know I, I know what's up, John. I'll probably right. lose track too of six in each conference. So if I do that, then I, I apologize. Oh no, that. you are you are you don't know you're good. You're good. Um, okay. and then, uh, real quick. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with the West. Um, Garrett, you can go ahead and go first and then T I'll come, I'll come right, 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 right to you. Um, actually, no, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the West Garrett go. And then T you just go right after. All right. All right. All right. So, all right. so you want me to list my contender? You're going to give me a team. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you a team. You let okay, me know okay. if it's contender yeah. or pretender. Makes sense. All right. All right. Here we go. The Sacramento Kings. Man, the Kings, they've been great this year. And being a third, no one could have expected that. But I'm going to say pretender, unfortunately. They score insane at an insane level. Their defense just isn't that. And in the playoffs, contending status, you're going to need an elite de- defense. Um, I think they will probably make the playoffs still, but I think they're pretenders, unfortunately. Man, okay, so so because right now the the Kings sit at the at the third seed, so you would have them dropping from the third yeah. seed all the way down from the to the seventh seed or what? But probably seven or eight. They are only three games ahead of the seven and eight seed. So with about twenty something games left, that's kind of nothing. You know what I mean? So all right, bad, bad. My boy T, Sacramento Kings, pretenders, pretenders. Oh, all they right. They, have, they, they don't have the experience too. Let's be honest. They haven't made the playoffs in how long? I have, I wasn't even born. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm happy for the Sacramento Kings. I'm very happy for them. Um, but to win it, like to go far in the West, no, I don't see it happening. I would disagree with that just because the, the Kings team as a whole, like the team franchise, whatever, doesn't have experience. But you got guys like Sabonis who have made the playoffs multiple times. Kevin Herter had an insane game seven that pushed Atlanta to the conference finals a few years ago. Harrison Barnes is an NBA champion, right? You know, Terrence Davis was on that Raptors team, I believe, that won the championship. So you got guys that do have experience. Uh, it's just a matter of putting it all together. Um, and usually the first go around is also the hardest. So I still think they're pretenders, but I, d- I do think their experience is maybe a little undervalued. Okay. And they also got Mike Brown as their head coach. That, yeah, that is 
too. So they do that. And, and, and I got, I got to throw it in. They got my guy Shane as the uh, player development, uh, player development coach. <laughs> my guy Shane, you know what I'm saying? Got to show love big uh, clutch talk, uh, <laughs> clutch talk interview. But um, all right, let's keep pushing the Pelicans contender pretender. Um, I'm going to say pretenders only because I can't trust the health. I mean, we haven't seen this team healthy all year. You know, even when Zion was playing, Ingram was out. When both were back, CJ was out. Now Zion's out. You, you just never know. And it seems like Valanciunas, like, it's been a little inconsistent with him uh, as well this year as opposed to last year. It seemed like last year he was, you know, dominating for most of the year. Um, you know, and I'm really interested to see how Josh Richardson fits in. I think that he has the potential to fit in, but um, I don't know. And they are still a young team. I know they got a little bit of experience last year, but I just don't know how they stack up with some of these other guys. So I'm going to say pretenders. Um, if they had more time to gel with their unit, they'd probably still be top three or four, and I'd maybe have a different opinion, but I'm going to say pretenders right now. So if we're going to go with Zion's health, I think we have to rely on that, right? So I, I'm going to go pretender, but this is not a good thing for the Pelicans' future at all because – Zion has yet to play 70-plus games this, this year it, throughout his whole career. Um, and Zion, we all know, is, is going to at least miss 30 games. Let's just throw 30 games out there, at least. 20-plus being nice. If they can't win without him, and clearly they can't, they're playing horrible. They fell down to 7th, they're 30 and 29, 4-6 and six in the last 10. Um, and I understand when they lost Zion, Brendan Ingram was also out. So it, it, it was tough for them to just CJ to carry a bunch of good role players but they're good when you have your superstar players playing. That's when they play their roles. So now these role players have to play different roles of being, you know, stars and this and that when they're just not. That. They're just role players. So we got to go with pretenders. And I, I'm a person to make a video on the Pelicans uh, later on this week that if Zion, he misses too much time. And, and, and the sad thing is we don't know when he's coming back this season. He re-aggravated the injury once again. Man, Zion, and he's had a problem. Every time injury he's had, he's always reactivated somehow. So it's definitely concerning. Um, let's go ahead and keep it pushing. The Timberwolves, contender or pretender? Uh, I'm going to say pretenders. I've never bought into the Timberwolves situation with Gobert. Um, you know, we don't even know what Carl Anthony Towns' status is, really. If he does come back, I feel like that, in a way, that's almost like worse. Because now you have a log jam with him and Gobert. I don't really, I never really would envision how that's going to work. And we kind of saw just a glimpse of it, but even in that glimpse, it didn't really work. Um, I trust Anthony Edwards. I think that he's one of those guys that you can rely on maybe to get you through uh, late in games. And it, especially if they're in the play in situation, which is where they fall right now, the season ended. Um, you know, you could almost put faith in him to, you know, get you through. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I just don't trust him. I mean, Mike Conley as well. He's a, I think he's a great veteran. He's a great guy. Um, all you hear about him is that he's a great teammate, but in the playoffs, I've never really trusted him either. So I'm going to say pretenders. Man, for the sake of the episode, man, because we're going to go with a lot of pretenders in the Western Conference, bro. <laughs> like the, the West, I, I, even the first two seeds, I, I don't really like, I'm not a big fan of them, but just for the sake of the episode, bro, let's just, just say contender, bro, because we're going to say pretender the whole We're going to say pretender for majority of these teams in the Western Conference, John. Let's just be honest. You see, because right? so because because honestly, I I left out like the top two seeds because like technically it just 
contender and pretender for who's going to be a top six seed. And I mean, most likely, you know, the top two teams are going to be a top six seed. So that's why I chose teams that are more like on the fringe. You know what I'm saying? Are these oh, teams are going to be more contenders, these teams more pretenders. Oh, well, I've been doing the game. I've been doing this game wrong the whole time then. I've been, I, I've been thinking about, like, yo, these teams at least making it to the Western Conference Finals. That's what I've been thinking. Ah, it's all good, brother. Yo, I'm it like, is all good. So, so, damn, bro. I, can I just stay in my way? You can Let me just stay, stay in my Stay, stay okay. in your lane. Stay in okay, your okay. lane. Yeah, I'm you like, gotta, <laughs> stay in your lane. Stay in your so, lane, so, brother. So, so listen, Minnesota Timbers, I have them as pretenders, but Anthony Edwards, man, he is falling out, man. Got to give that boy mm. credit. He, he He's doing his thing. Um, But like you said, the Carnthy Towns and Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert, had, that has to be one of the worst trades in NBA history, possibly. Mm-hmm. That, that trade was just absolutely stupid. I think Timberwolves was like, okay, we competed in the first round against Memphis. Let's just make that big move now. And then they made the big move for one of the worst bigs that gets outplayed, who is unusable in the postseason, who got just beat by Terrence Mann. And Reggie Every Jackson. single postseason. So I don't, I don't get why they did that. Like, what makes them think, like, yo, so we could put Cat at the four and Gobert at the five, but Cat has to play good defense now, and he's slow like a snail. And then you have Rudy Gobert trying to just protect the rim. Like, it, like what did they think about? Like, I, I don't know. They weren't thinking. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, they weren't thinking. I'll tell you that much, man. Because that was a terrible bet. That was a terrible trade. And I'm I'm pretenders for the top six seed and the especially the title. But all right, let's go ahead and keep it pushing. We got three more teams here. I want to list for the Western Conference. And the next one is the Dallas Mavericks, contenders versus pre or pretenders. Um, you know, for the sake of top six, I think they're definitely contenders. Um, you know. Kyrie Luca's always, at least in the last few years, like he's basically led them to a higher seed every time from missing the playoffs to the seventh seed, to the fifth seed, to the fourth seed. Um, I don't know if he's going to hold that trend true and get him to the three seed, but I think that I'm definitely confident enough. They'll probably be a top six team. Um, you know, they haven't won yet with him and Kyrie, so they need a little time to kind of get together a little bit. Um, and I think they'll figure it out. I mean, they're both probably top 15, 20 players in the league uh, at the very least. Um, you know, Luca's up there is like top five argument probably, but even Kyrie is still top 15, top 20 player in the league um, when he's there, of course. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, tr- I trust him enough um, as a, like a title contender, not completely sold, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like if they get the right matchup, they can definitely get to the Western conference finals again. But um, I will say for the sake of a top six, I think there are contenders. Okay. T? I got them contenders, bro. When you look at this Western Conference, it's trash. <laughs> Yo, the West is trash. Like, bro, they they come up and I'm just going to name the teams. They come against Memphis, they could beat Memphis. Memphis are frauds. Sacramento, I think it'll be a dog fight. They could beat them. Phoenix, another dog fight. Hell, bro, like, none of these teams fear me. Like, none of them. I know it's all about matchups and stuff like that, coaching, rotations, and some teams have good nights, and maybe some teams turn it around. But, man, when you got Luka and you got Kyrie Irving, I'm just going to put my trust and faith in them. I don't care about anybody else on the roster. Maybe this is just, you know, sounding pretty dumb. But, listen, I seen Luka make his team last year. Yes, he had Jalen Brunson and stuff like that, but his team wasn't constructed that well besides, you know, the addition of Brunson and look how far they went, you know, so – um, they're 31 and 29. Like you said, they haven't won much games yet. I do want to say Kyrie Irving was out a game with an injury. 
So they need to finish these next 20-plus games strong, and I need Kyrie Irving to be out there for at least 17 games and Luka to be out there at least 17. I'm going to give them a little slack because, you know, they all miss games sometimes, but they got to get that chemistry. And those 17 games, I need to at least come out with 14-3, and three, around there, 13-5, and five, whatever the case may be, but they need to come out positive and play, start playing better. Mm. But, but, but when you have these two superstar players, I can never doubt them. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. Luka is just Luka, – Luka alone – I don't really – Kyrie Irving, cool and all, I've seen him choke. Luka alone can literally just carry your team, bro. Agreed. Luka is that boy. You know, he got that Luka magic magic in him. Um, I do love Luka and Kyrie together, although, I, 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 as, again, episode sake, top six seed, uh, absolutely contender. They will do it. Championship contender only because we've been doing it. I don't know. There's, I got some questions, but that's, mm. you know, we, that, that, that's something that we can get into for another time. I do think that they, they got to you know worry about that big. Thought they were going to do something at the trade deadline, but uh, no moves were made. Uh, but we that that's a whole other episode. We can get into that now. These last two teams, based on you know, I, I know Garrett, I know T. I think I know y'all answer on this one because both of y'all some haters, but the Lakers pretenders. Um, ah. You know, like just and it's not only just because of. You know, just because they're the 13 seed and stuff. I know, I think, I feel like there may be, even though, you know, Westbrook, like, like we've said, like he still can provide a lot of great things for whatever team he's on, especially he's going to, I think he can still do that even with the Clippers. Um, but, you know, just in general, I think there was maybe like a cloud lifted a little bit, like when he left, um, just because that's what the media had been pushing out the whole time. Like Westbrook, you know, it's never going to work. Uh, He's just like toxic for the team, whatever. But I'm still looking at the Lakers right now, and they're multiple games back of the play in. You know, they don't have the tiebreaker over Portland or Utah or OKC. Um, they play Golden State right after break. I don't expect them to win that game. Uh, they don't have it over Minnesota. I don't think they have it, or they do have it over the Pelicans. Um, but that's the first team they do, and they're like seven seeds above them. So, they don't have the tiebreaker over hardly anybody. Uh, and it takes time to gel with your team. You're doing a whole roster overhaul midseason. It's hard to, you know, get that chemistry going, you know, and especially because we've seen LeBron teams before, like in 2018, when he got rid of Rose and Wade, um, Isaiah Thomas and stuff. But the difference is that team was already in playoff position when they did that trade. And there was kind of more of a gap between them and the lottery because there was no play in, you know, eighth was a guaranteed playoff spot back then. Um, you know, looking now they're 13th, like they have to get it going and their first six to 10 games or so after all-star break are tough, you know, and I've seen before, I know there was a report that came out that he's going to try and play every game, but I've seen before in situations like this with LeBron is that what does he do when it gets close to the end of the year? He shuts it down. So I would not be surprised if, they get to that point and it's like March 20th or something like that. They're like four or five games back of the play in. And he's like, you know what? We're just not going to get in. So that's why I think they're pretender. And even if they did get in the play in, like you can't expect them. You can't expect them to do anything really. I mean, like they could maybe win a game, but that's just you're too much hope is going wow. in there. If they got a 10 seed and they have to win two games on the road, then they have to win a playoff series probably. And again, even if for the top six sake, they're almost four games back of the sixth seed. 
I, I think they're pretenders. Um, but yeah. T T hold on T I gotta, I got I gotta, I gotta talk T I gotta <laughs> talk. Cause look, as far as the episode sake, top six seed, most likely a pretender, but they're only four games out of the six seed and they're two games out of the, out of the play in, which is the 10 seed. Okay. So it's not, <clears throat> it's definitely not something that's, that's um that's crazy. I feel like it'd be crazier to see the Clippers go on and win a title than to see the Lakers get, end up as a as a ten seed. Especially they you know they're two games out. Now I think what really hurt them is that super slow start they got off to when they got out, when they lost like first like I believe eight games before the first nine games. That's that's what really hurt them. That's that that that's what really hurt them get off to a slow start. But look, man, you add a player like when you, when you add a player like D'Angelo Russell, which I'm not saying. Wow, look at the player D'Angelo Russell is because he's not who he used to be, but he fits the team and he fits exactly what the Lakers need. He's shooting almost 40% from the three-point line. He's a point guard that facilitates the offense, allows LeBron to not have to be the point guard, allow LeBron to be able to run the lanes, much like how he did when he was in Miami when he had Mario Chalmers and he had you know other guards who know how to play true point guard and set him up. So you get a player like D'Angelo Russell. You get a player like Jared Vanderbilt who is going to absolutely be key for the Lakers defense. He was key for the Timberwolves defense when the Timberwolves went on when went on their crazy run in the um in, in the playoffs. Then you just get add shooters like add a shooter like Malik Beasley and you take off you take off shooters from the team. I think that definitely puts you in a content and then you just have LeBron. Let's not forget about LeBron. LeBron and AD, right? Because I think my que- my biggest concern with the Lakers and my biggest question and whether they are able to you know make the play in is Anthony Davis's health because if you got a fully healthy Lakers squad, I didn't care. I did see I said I seen your tweet the other day. I know I, you said that there people are crazy for believing they're a, a six seed, but I believe that mm-hmm. if they would have had this healthy Lakers squad and throughout the season, beginning of the season, not have that terrible start, I think they could easily end up as a six seed because again, like the West is jumbled up. The West is trash right now. Um, the, again, the Lakers are only four. They're in the thirteenth seed and they're four games out of the six seed. And only two games out of the, out of, out of that tenth seed. So when you get a healthy Anthony Davis, he comes back. He plays like the MVP caliber player that he was playing at the beginning of the season. LeBron continues to be LeBron. You fix the roster. I do agree that gelling may be tough. It, it may be tough. So that's what I'm saying. As far as six seed, they're too far off. It's too late. They can't get a six seed. But play in, I believe they got it. So I mean, again, pretenders as far as episode sake wise, but. If they get to the play-in, Garrett, I, I really, really, really do not like. I dis. I really disagree with your statement about if they get in the play-in, what are they gonna do? Because, bro, you're telling me in the play-in, if you got a fully healthy Lakers squad, who's trying to really see them? Nobody's really trying to see a fully healthy Lakers squad. AD, LeBron, and shooters built up around them because their biggest problem is that they're not healthy. But when their best player is healthy, we know what they can do. But I just think like just to add to one more thing, like there's you could say the same thing about health for a lot of teams that have played the Lakers this year. You know, like you could say, you know, in that Portland game when they blew the 25 point lead, they weren't healthy in that game either. Or like the Pelicans the other day, they played the Lakers. They didn't have Zion or um, I'm not talking about the Warriors. They didn't have Curry. Agreed. Agreed. But I'm not talking about just a one game stint. I'm talking about when it gets to the play in like, okay, like. Uh, ask ask all other NBA teams fully healthy in the plane. Would you rather face Portland or the Lakers? Guaranteed to you, they'd rather face Portland. You don't well, want to face a fully healthy Lakers squad. 
right now neither of them are in it. So they went new and fa- they went face uh, either. Agreed. <laughs> ne- ne- neither are in it, right? But both have a chance to get to that 10th seed. And I'm telling you, if the Lakers sneak into that 10th seed, which is, I think, the only chance they got, there's not a that's lot of teams lot, that want to face them. That, that's a lot of hope. They'd have to win two playing games on the road. And then that's just to get the eighth seed and play the best team in the West this year, the Nuggets, who have they're going to have the three time back to back to back MVP. And I'm liking the way that team's Whoa, playing. They're three one time, of the best. Garrett? Whoa, they're, they're going to they're he's going to win his third MVP. That's okay. the way it looks right now. That might that's, be a hot take, but um, that's just the way I see it. And it's this isn't 2020 anymore. You know, they're not going to. But I'm not talking ADs. about playoffs. though. Play, playoffs. Yes, it's over. I don't think that the, the Lakers could do it, but I just but think wasn't, you're, you're, wasn't you're, your question about contenders being like a top six. No, yes, team. yes. We're, we're not now, now. Now we've got deeper in the conversation because I'm a little mind boggled at the fact that you think it's a lot of hope for the Lakers to be a good play in team. Like, that's wild. like you realize Anthony Davis was playing like an, a top. He would have been the MVP if he can't play like the way he was playing at the beginning of the season. And, and you I think him to and LeBron. The, LeBron's health is a question as well. I mean, we just saw like he missed almost a week right after he broke the record. Now there's reports about like how he injured himself in the all-star game and how many games he's missed more games in his three and a half years of the Lakers than he did all the years before that. So because he's older, though, he's older. But just but you, you matters, it, you, too. You, but you bought it up yourself, right? He will. Yes. If the, if what he if what he needs to do is shut it down because he doesn't care about a regular season victory and be ready to go for a playoffs, you know, then that's, that, 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 that's what he'll do. I agree with you. Then it's concerning because if LeBron's shutting it down, we're probably not winning the game. So I, my, I hear my, your point. My problem though, is that after break, they play teams like they play the Warriors, then Dallas, then Memphis, then OKC after Shea said, he's going to be ready for him. You know, mm. then they play Minnesota again, then the Warriors, then the Grizzlies, their first seven games after all-star break. Then they play the Raptors after that, who, after they got Yaka Pirtle, they played really good. And the Knicks, they're a playing, they're a playoff team right now. I believe they're six, right? Yeah, they're the six seed. So that's a tough stretch of games. And the first nine, I would not be surprised. Now they could do better, but there's also a realistic possibility. There's a real chance, a real timeline where they go like two and seven. And then what are they sitting? Like 29 and 39? I think at that point it's up almost over, right? So man, I'm over here. I'm over here itching ready to talk. Man. <laughs> you can, you talk can, to you me. Talk, 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 Trent, talk to me. I just wanted me. to get that out. Oh, listen, listen. John, he says this to me all the time. It's, this is just how Lakers fans are. They always rely on hope, hope, hope. <laughs> but they don't rely on reality. They just hope, 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 right? Ever since they said the last two years, yo, if we get a healthy AD, healthy LeBron, we're winning a championship. Yo, if we get a healthy AD, healthy LeBron, we're winning a championship. Has, has yet to happen. Has, besides 2020 after that, we don't care about that no more. It's 2023. Has yet to happen, John. It's it's the truth, right? He uh Gareth, that's your name. Uh, Garrett? Yeah, mm-hmm. Garrett. He brought up a good point, John. The tiebreakers. I think you're missing that. I think you're missing a valid when that comes to the tiebreakers, John. That means a lot. Okay. Russell Westbrook ruined this team so bad that like it's hard for them to come back. All right. Um, but not only that, LeBron James. I was gonna bring this up before you brought it up. His health is more concerning to me than Anthony Davis at this point. I know um, that his injury that happened last night probably not too good, like probably not too concerning, mm. but we're probably thinking that, and somehow he's still gonna miss some time off that contusion. Like little stuff like that, him missing a game is already screwing the Lakers. 
him, he needs to play. I don't, I don't think they have any more back to backs, but if they do have any back to backs, right? That means LeBron has to play back to backs, which tech sometimes he just can't do it anymore because his foot injury, they always said, they said this year, right? That foot injury is not going anywhere. He has to deal with that throughout the whole season. So if LeBron going batting, battling out with the Memphis Grizzlies, he get that W, but then the next day they play the Golden State Warriors, just, just throw an example out there, right? Is LeBron going to be ready to play that game? Who knows? We don't know because hasn't been consistent throughout the season where he's playing back-to-back. And, yes, the team did approve. Did approve. I, I love it. I love what I've seen in the last game before All-Star break against the Pelicans. But at the end of the day, the Pelicans have been horrible. So, yes, it, it was a good W, this and that. The whole team started to play together. But it's going to take time to uh, gel. And it's just too late. Like, there's 20-plus games. That means they have to come out with at least – 18 they, they at least got at least to say 15 plus games that they have to win do you see that happening and then we're also forgetting yes. about the other teams ahead of them like <laughs> like bro okc is gonna be ball, okc has been balling this season um golden state is always but gonna, okay but okc okay but oh you t t let me, let me okc talk, knows that they're going for vic so sooner rather than later, they're gonna start going. No, down. they're not, bro. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if they are. I don't, I don't, I don't that, bro. That's 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 we don't care about Vic. They got Chet. Why would we want two, two of them? Why would we want two of them on the same team? I honestly think OKC at this point, they did not expect to be here, but that they're they're here. Why not try to go for the plane, right? Like, why just why not? So now we got to worry about the you got to worry about these other teams, you got to worry about them losing games. And then when you start relying on other teams to lose games because you started the season and where you at is awful, you already know you're in a bad position, right? And then, listen, we haven't even talked about Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis shoots a shot. He goes for a layup. He's injured. His back hurts. This, that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, the injury, the, your two stars are the most injury-prone players on your roster. The, the most in, And then also, right, I know you want to say something, Gary, right? Yeah, you have one of the worst head, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm. I keep saying this. That's Darvin Ham. That's not true. Darvin you can't Hamm say he's one of the worst head coaches in the NBA. I, and I stopped true. that, but I stopped. I said Darvin Ham is not a good coach. I, I don't think he's a good coach at all. So, I love the Malik Beasley. I love Jared Vanderbilt. What he has been doing, and Danza Russell. You know what I'm saying? I love the additions. John, what you're saying? Maybe this happens next year. This year, it's over, buddy. I will say though, like they do have two more back to backs in the season. Uh, and three of the four teams they play in those back-to-backs are above them in the standings, and all four of them are road games too, where they're five games under 500. At home, they've been a 500 team. You know, they're respectable. Any given night, they could win. You know, it's almost like the flip of a coin. On the road is where they've found themselves five games under 500, and they got four games in back-to-backs like that. Especially if LeBron does sit out like two of those games. One of them in those fours against the Clippers, that should almost be an automatic L at this point. They've lost 10 straight to the Clippers. So, I mean, I don't know. And another one's against New Orleans. So it, it's just tough to predict the Lakers. I feel like, I feel like honestly, we've been talking too much about yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, I was about to say that too, man. <laughs> like, we've been they're, just they're harping pretender, on this, man. They're pretenders. All right, yeah, John pretenders. Says content, John says pretenders, but give them hope. Let's just but let's we can end this segment on one team. And I just want to talk about this one team and one team only. The Memphis Grizzlies. Can we just talk about them for one sec, bro? Yeah. Well, what do you with the, the fact that they're not really contenders? I no. mean, for top 60, they are, but not for a title. Bro, bro, I think they're one of the fakest. I think they're one of the fraudest teams in the NBA. 
I think honestly, the Grizzlies will lose the first, first round. round. First and round. I, and I'm I'm not and I this might be bold, but I think they'll lose in five games or less. I th- I don't even think it'll be a close because I'm looking at the teams in that position. You know, Clippers are fourth, but they have the second hardest schedule left. They might find themselves in six or seven. And if they play them, it's not going to be an easy matchup for the Grizzlies. I think that's bad for the Grizzlies. If they play Dallas, I trust Luka and Kyrie way more than I trust that Grizzlies unit. The Warriors, that would be a nightmare matchup for them because they have not figured out the Warriors. I think the Warriors are in their head. And especially the Suns. I mean, can you imagine walking into the playoffs and with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul going into Memphis? I mean, it's it's just... I think they're going to lose in five games or less. The only time maybe they can get lucky with that is if they play a Pelicans team not at 100% or the Timberwolves again. And I just don't think they will. Man, man, oh, man. Uh, honestly, I, I agree. I don't think that the Grizzlies are really that all that the, all that, that they say they are. Um, they're fraud, fraudulent. Um, bunch and of they're fake not fine in the West. And they're not fine. They're definitely not fine in the West. They're definitely not fine in the West. Yeah. But all right, guys, look, so this is this has been going. This has gone on kind of long. So what we're going to do here is for this for the East, we're going to do a rapid round. I have the teams. I'm going to list it off. Garrett, go. You tell me contender, pretender, and then T, you go. And then we're just going. We don't even really got to get up into it. Um. You know, don't want don't want the people at home to have to watch a movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But all right. So for the East, uh, first team I got is the Miami Heat. Pretenders, this has just not been the year for them. They've had too many injuries. Jimmy Butler just something just hasn't it just hasn't felt right about with Jimmy Butler this year because he's missed a lot of games. Uh, I I think Bam has played well, but pretenders, I'm gonna go with it. See, contenders, uh, okay, Hawks, pretenders, pretenders for sure. Nets, <laughs> pretenders. Pretenders, but a scary first round matchup. I'm gonna say that because they got they probably the deepest team in the league right now. They got 13 or 14 real guys. So pretenders, sadly, but yeah. Okay. All right. Cavs. Pretenders. Contenders. Ooh. They have have the best defensive unit in the league. Donovan Mitchell come playoff time. I, I think he's one of those guys that just goes to a whole nother level. And I mean, playing alongside Darius Garland, they got one of the best backcourt shooting uh, backcourts in the league, too. The only question is that small forward spot, but they could go with Karis Levert for another bucket getter or a Coro for defense or Osmond for another shooter. They have so many ways they could turn. Um, and I like the addition. We didn't even talk about this for buyouts, but I like the addition of Danny Green, too. I think that adds a lot of veteran leadership contenders. Yeah. Okay. Also, also, real quick, Cleveland is not a great away team. They're not. They're at home. They're incredible. They're twenty five and six. But I mean, if you really want to look away, you have to win a game. Um, they're about what? I think they're one game above. No, they're not. They're thirteen and seventeen away. And we all know if you're going to win road playoff games, you need to win on the road. Especially- I will say though, too, yeah. they are really good at home. They are most likely going to be a top four seed. So let's say they win their first round matchup, they would play Boston in the second round, a team that they've they're two and zero against this year. So. And I think they, they beat them once in their building, too. So just honestly, I love that take. I love that take, Garrett. I love mm-hmm. that take. I'll I be telling I'll be telling my boy T. I really like the Cavs. The bro, Cavs are on the low. Bro, the Cavaliers are going to disappoint a lot of people this year. And I can't wait to mm-hmm. come back to this video. 
And I'm telling you, hey, and my take about Evan Mobley, I'm still sitting on Stop that. Stop it. I'm Yo, say what you that. said. Say what you said to Garrett right now. I'll say it. That's fine. In five years, Evan Mobley will be a league MVP. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've known John has always been high on Evan Mobley because I've, I've told him I've been more of a Cade guy from that draft class, and we always <laughs> go back and forth about that. But, I mean, if Mobley steps up, too, in the playoffs, then definitely for sure. I Personally, before the season, I picked them to go to the finals. Um, now, I get Boston, Milwaukee. They both are teams that you can definitely trust when healthy. But being that the Cavs have been up there still, they're still definitely in the mix. You can't count them out. I'm going to stay with it for the time being. So I'm staying with my pick, you know, unless I see like it's getting really sketch, but I, I have to stay with it right now. I mean, they're playing still pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think that it's big about them being a top four seed because at home they are. Rock and rolling, but all right. Last two teams right here, guys. Uh, the Knicks, pretenders, trash. They, they. <laughs> I don't. I don't trust their offense. Like they're a lot like the Heat in the way that they're gonna win games because they give energy on both ends of the floor, especially the defensive end. Um, they have a you know a veteran leadership coach in Tom Thibodeau, just like the Heat have Spolstra. So, I mean, they're gonna be hard to beat. Like you got to be locked in to beat them for sure, but. Any of these teams in the top four would definitely beat them in a playoff series, assuming they give the effort to do so. They walk in like lazy, like, oh, we got this. We're going to steamroll them. Then they could catch you off guard. But I don't think they're going to do that for a full series. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I also think they're some pretenders. And last team for the episode here, y'all, is the 76ers. Contenders. Um, You know, I think... Before like before the season two, I picked the Cavs in the finals, but I had them going against the Nets. But I had the Sixers as the first seed before the year, and I've really liked their additions. I thought their offseason was nice. Um, and lately, they've been putting it together really well. So, you know, I know Harden wasn't an all-star. He might take that a little bit personally. And I don't know. I, th- I think that they're right up there. They could They could play with any of these teams. Like, they very well could go with either any of these teams. And if they play... You know, Denver in the in the finals or something like that. I think Embiid will want to take it to a whole nother level because how many times has he been disrespected? Especially if the MVP gets to goes to Jokic again this year and he finishes behind him. That's three straight years getting disrespected by this guy. Man. He might think this is the biggest stage. I can prove everyone wrong right now to forget the last three years. This is the time that matters. That's probably what he'll say. So, you know, not saying that will happen, but it could. So definitely pretenders. Yeah, I mean, I got them contenders, but let's not also – we cannot rule them out. They can still get this number one seed, too. Absolutely. Um, oh, I meant still... contend. I think I just said pretenders. Yeah. I, I, I meant contenders. <laughs> that is my bad. So I, if yeah. they get this number one seed, man, they get home court advantage throughout the whole playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, we can't rule them out. And at home, once again, they're they're pretty incredible. They're 23 and 8. And also one thing about this team is that, you know, way they're 15 and 11, but – um. I, I I like what they I like this roster I really do I love the additions of Melton I hate the addition of PJ Tucker Let's be I I hate that move I, I think he needs to play less I think they need to start playing um, McDaniel's a little bit more uh, give some mm-hmm. Paul Reed minutes um, They just signed Dwayne Dedman I guess it's for just backup big But he's he's garbage as hell But James Harden The main reason why the 76ers are where they're at right now Is because James Harden has changed his play to mm-hmm a playmaker and he's feeding the best player on the court every single night, Joel Embiid. And that's why Joel is having one of the greatest seasons 
I'm not going to say great season, but he's having one of a, a great year because James Harden is not worried about dribble, 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 dribble. He's worried about send me the pick and I'm going to feed you every time. I, I will say the first seed might be hard, though, because I think they have the hardest schedule left in the rest of the season. But still, they're going to be top four for sure. Um, and you, they're still going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Even with the tough schedule, though, that that and if they can fight through that tough schedule, that means to me it just proves to us even more that they yeah. can win it all. Mm, I agree. With that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely a, a contender for the 76ers, man. I'm big on the 76ers. I, I remember the second they got James Harden, I was like, finally, Embiid has a pick and roll partner who can set him up. And that's what we're seeing, man. And uh, Garrett, I, I got to go back earlier in the episode. You said, yo, because he's going to be a three time MVP. No yep. way, no way, no way. It's going to be Embiid this year, man. Embiid's uh, been getting played, man. Embiid keeps getting played. Um, I will, I so will say, get though, it this year. last year, the first year Jokic won it, I thought definitely deserved. Last year, I actually thought it should have went to Embiid off the season he was having. Um, but this year, I'm leaning more toward Jokic. Um, so I will say, not every year in this stretch have I believed Jokic is the most deserving of MVP, but... I think it's just going to happen. I think this year, like being what we've seen right now and being the way that the season's gone, the guy's averaging a almost a 25-point triple-double on the first seed in his conference. Um, and he has like – he's moving up on the PER's uh, leaderboard too. He passed your boy LeBron on career PER, and he's getting close to my guy, Jordan. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can't deny Jokic is just one of those like special talents. And – I mean, who knows? If he can top this off with a championship this year, I mean, that this is going to make for the start of one of the best careers ever, you know? And like, because really, he's almost just getting started, I would say. But yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But man, for the family out there, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. Uh, Our guy Garrett came on the show, bless us with his knowledge, bless us with his time. So we appreciate you for that, my boy. Uh, Before we get up out of here, is there any final words you want to say before we uh, wrap up, Garrett? No, nah, I mean, I appreciate you having me on once again. Um, and hopefully the Bulls can decide what they want to do, whether <laughs> they just go full on tank. I think the worst they can probably get now is the fifth worst record in the league. Maybe get a little bit of luck in the draft lottery and then get in that top four. So we keep our pick um, or make the playoffs as an eight seed. You can tell we're doomed just because of what I'm hoping for at this point. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um NBA, I think the playoffs this year are going to be insane. So I'm looking forward to that too. But yeah. Yes, sir, man. My boy T, you got any last words? Russell Westbrook is the best point guard in NBA history. Second. You, you can have him second. D Rose, number one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. D Rose. My guy Garrett do love D Rose and T mm-hmm. love uh, Westbrook, man. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a video de- uh, going on with a debate for that, man. But for the Ooh. family out there, uh, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you guys go check out my boy Garrett's channel. Again, it's the Super Mario Hoops 24 channel. Uh, make sure you check out all of our content. And it'll be in the description down below. Get at us. Uh, social medias. It's at Clutch Talk Pod. I'll have my boy Garrett's uh, socials in the description down below as well. But get at us. And uh, if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out.